0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey, Jonathan, how's it going?
0: It, it's it's cold, Amy. Somebody needs to turn the heat up in here.
1: I see what you did there.
0: You see what I did there? Yeah, All right, it was a good.
1: Little flashback to uh, we'll turn the
0: air off. Yeah. Marvin Parker.
1: Yes, we need we need him to step up to the microphone for us. It's gotten pretty warm here. It kind of, it hit got up to sixty today, which was a nice break yeah, after well, the weekend.
0: The winter's coming. Winter is coming, Amy. Yes. Winter is coming. Yes, because uh, I I was seeing the wind chill for like states across the Midwest, and uh, we're our, our friend Chris Martin's from Upper Indiana, like yeah. uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana area. Wind chill negative forty four coming. Oh, that's uh, terrible. In the next couple days. That, that's cold, y'all. That's cold. It's pretty rough. So if you're out there listening to us in the, the frozen white north, uh, which is basically anything north of where I am here in Nashville and where Amy is in, in Carolinas, uh, yeah, good luck with that, folks. It's uh, it's going to be a rough one this weekend. So all those folks going up to the Desiring God National Conference next week in Minneapolis, y'all have fun with that.
1: There's I didn't even think about that. They do the National Conference in the winter.
0: Yes that's, that's, yes,
1: that's pretty rough. That's that's pretty
0: rough. I know you guys got started this week. Convocation. We'll we'll chat a little bit about what's going on at Southeastern a little bit later in the show. So things are back in full swing and a convocation, I think, at Midwestern as well this week. So everything's kind of getting off to a, a good start. I think Southwestern even had convocation this week. So things are rocking here in the SBC, Amy, and we're we're just a few months away from Birmingham in 2019. I Can can't. It? I can't believe we so, have our first SBC nineteen news this week.
1: We do. We do building up to the annual meeting, and I'm already starting. We're getting the emails at work from you know on uh, sponsorship questions, sending ads in, getting ready for news coverage with sort of the press pool. Some of the emails have gone out about that. It's already time. We, we have to start thinking and get in hashtag SBC 19 mode.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. We'll talk a little bit about it, but we have our, our resolutions committee chairman was named this week and he's a faculty at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, where earlier this month they announced over at Boyce College, the undergraduate school for the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, a new bachelor degree program at Boyce in communication. Because, hey, if your students are going to work in the business or professional worlds, they won't need less theology, they'll actually need more. This new program promises cutting-edge training in the complexities of communication fields for the 21st century with the biblical and theological studies you would expect from Southern Seminary and Boyce College. You can find out more information about this program at boycecollege.com slash communication. Once again, that's boycecollege.com slash communication. Amy, I already kind of mentioned it, but we have the Kentucky Baptist Convention Interim Executive Director and faculty member at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, as well as a trustee at Lifeway Christian Resources, Curtis Woods. What a resume that is. He is going to be the 2019 SBC Resolutions Committee Chairman.
1: That's a really cool first announcement. Curtis Woods is an incredible leader in the SBC. We've known him for a few years now. He came and spoke at Southeastern, and we got the chance to share a meal with him. Just a really, really wonderful person, and uh, have enjoyed getting to know him. I think he's going to be a great chair for the resolutions committee. This will be his second year to serve, because he served on it last year. So that's great. Has some experience uh, in how everything works. As you remember, we had that interview with Jason Deusing last year where he talked through the process. And I remember him discussing a lot about sort of that initial, the initial sort of onslaught of all the resolutions coming in and the work that the chairman does to pull everything together. And so uh, we, we know this is a big task, but Curtis Woods will be taking it on.
0: Yes, he will. Uh, so uh, I'll have to chat with him. I'll see him in a couple weeks at the Lifeway trustee meeting here in Nashville. So I'll have to talk with him then and uh, get him scheduled for an interview with us later on in the year. Also in the story, Amy. Yes. Not to be overshadowed, well, a vice chairman yeah. was named. Yes. And it is someone close to the pod, about as close as you can get to the pod. Yes. Your husband, Keith Whitfield.
1: He, yeah. So that was announced as well. President Greer said he would announce, had said that he would appoint Keith Whitfield, vice president at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary as. And vice- interim provost. Yeah. Also interim pro or acting provost. Also acting provost while, uh, Bruce Ashford is on sabbatical. He's uh, wearing a lot of hats. So I guess this year it'll be just uh, one more to kind of throw in there as he helps Dr. Woods and whatever he needs in gathering everything and getting ready for a great tenure of the resolutions committee this year. Yeah, so it was, it was kind of a cool announcement. Always fun to do things, you know, when, when uh, folks from Southeastern are mentioned, but then when it's somebody in my house, that's kind of neat, too.
0: Yes, it is. And this makes you the second lady of the resolutions committee.
1: I, I don't even know how to react to that, so I'm just going to move on.
0: Congratulations, Amy.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. No congratulations needed, really. So, moving on.
0: Speaking of the Resolutions Committee, a former chairman of the Resolutions Committee, Stephen Rummage. Yes. He was a chair just a couple years ago, I think. Um, He is going to preach in view of a call at Quail Springs Baptist Church.
1: This was a big, big announcement.
0: Surprise. Very surprising. When we first heard about this, just didn't expect this. Right. But here it is, and Dr. Rummage, currently the senior pastor at the Tampa area Bell Shoals Baptist Church in Brandon, Florida, also the immediate past president of the Florida Baptist State Convention and immediate past chairman of the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, He served as the executive committee chairman the last two years. Uh, He's headed to Oklahoma City, it seems.
1: This was a, a really big announcement. Uh, and, and he is certainly no stranger to Southern Baptist life. Dr. Rummage has done just all kinds of things. He taught here at Southeastern for several years. That was before we came here, but still has uh, just a, a wonderful reputation on campus uh, among some of the faculty who served with him. And then I met him when he was chairing the resolutions committee. He chaired the year of the Confederate flag resolution. So, uh, did that, that was a year. For a lot of work for that committee, and he led that really well. So I met him then. I thought he was just a really gracious, uh, professional, and just a kind uh, person to just even in the kind of backstage getting ready for things in the uh, business portion of the meeting. I just he was wonderful to deal with, and then. As the chairman of the executive committee now, you know, he's on the search committee for the EC president at this time. You know, so he's just done a lot of things and has contributed to Southern Baptist in a lot of ways. But this is a big move from Bell Shoals to Quail Springs. I was really surprised, you know, because you just he's sort of synonymous now with Florida. He's done so much at the Florida Baptist Convention as well. But I imagine he's going to be just as involved in Oklahoma.
0: And apparently, he did not check that weather forecast for this week in Tampa versus Oklahoma yeah. City, because whoa, what a difference!
1: And let me tell you one thing that that uh, I didn't realize I'd heard about, but you know, when we were in Oklahoma this past summer, my goodness, those storms are just really incredible, and uh, we were our. Flight was trying to get out to beat the lightning and everything, and so I would imagine it is going to be a pretty major weather change for them.
0: It's not like he's not used to storms in Florida, Amy. Well, the I know,
1: but the hurricanes. Oklahoma, but I've been around storms in Florida. I know it's okay. hurricanes, but Oklahoma, what we're in tornado territory. Yeah,
0: tornado alley. Yeah.
1: I hope uh, you know if he's listening here. I hope we're not just uh, put gloom and doom. This is wonderful. You can withstand yes, the weather. Yes, we're excited for him. Yes, this, we're is excited for him. this is great. This is great.
0: And, you know, next week on Meteorology This Week with Amy and Jonathan. <laughs> we
1: have talked about um, weather we'll, a lot.
0: Yeah, we have. A couple things. Apparently, he can't pastor a church with only one name because he was at Hickory Grove, then Bell Shoals, now Quail Springs. Okay. I just think that's kind of, uh, it's just a unique thing there. And then also, we mentioned that he's a resolutions chairman, and we just mentioned the Curtis Wood story. We're putting together a list of resolutions chairmen since 1980. I'm putting that together. Should okay. have that up on the website. Uh, sometime in the next day or two, be looking for that. Because we've had a lot of people ask us uh, for like a, a list of those. Because yeah. people have kind of forgotten who served at what and everything. So I haven't been able to find a readily available list online. So we'll just make our own and throw it up one. on Go, SBC yeah. this week. And, and and just another note on the on that, Curtis Woods is the second African-American to serve as a chairman of the Resolutions Committee. Just uh, that's something we forgot to mention in that story
1: that was an important sort of historical thing that the Baptist press story pulled out. And I think it's going to be good to see that list, you know, and, and because of, because of Baptist press, we can go back and find every single year, but I imagine no one has put, you know, a full just list out. So that'll be a great resource to see who's done this because the resolutions committee is incredibly
0: important. It is. So keep an eye out on Facebook and Twitter at the SBC This Week handle and page. And uh, we will put that out for your reading enjoyment because I know that everybody's just looking right. forward to that list.
1: But Stephen, and, Rummage, but Stephen Rummage will be yes. on there and, and uh, yep. has served in so many ways. So we're excited for him and his wife, Michelle, and hope that their move is a good one.
0: Yeah, and a good friend of the pod, too. He's been on the, the podcast before. He I had, uh, had a great interview with him back in 2017. So yep. I remember that well. Uh, some sad news, Amy. Jack Harwell, who was a uh, champion for an uncensored Baptist press, as the headline says, passed away this past week at 86 years old. He was the editor of the Christian Index for quite a while.
1: Yes, he became the editor in 1966 when he was 34 years old. had been there for about nine years and served for about 20 years into yeah. the conservative resurgence. And at that time, you know, of course, things were certainly tense in a lot of areas, but Baptist media played a huge role in that whole time in history. So the conflict, you know, was present in in papers. And so in 1986, uh, in the midst of all that, he retired. At age 55 but he left there at age 55 and then he became the editor of SBC today which is not, not the website not the website that a lot of people would would be familiar with now but it was a publication that had been launched in 1983 and it was launched to be sort of an independent Baptist press said it was modeled after USA Today to cover the controversy independent of pressure. Essentially, it was to be, you know, sort of on its own. Now, then it changed to Baptists Today because— Because Because they
0: left the SBC.
1: Well, because they knew that there had been the Alliance of Baptists, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship, so people had left the SBC, so they just went with kind of the broader Baptists Today— and uh, now it's still in, in publication, but it has a, the title is Nurturing Faith. Uh, and he retired in 1997 from that. But it looks like he continued working in ch- you know, on church staff, working with uh, senior adults and uh, things like that. So it definitely involved throughout his life. And a lot of folks would recognize his name but he was 86 years old in in Baptist journalism for 40 years.
0: And you know who succeeded him at the Christian Index, right?
1: R. Albert Moeller Jr. That's right. As editor of the Christian Index.
0: He went to the Christian Index in 1986, and then just a few years later was named a president at Southern Seminary. That's right. uh, You know, all that ties together. Yes. And then 25 years later, he started sponsoring this great little podcast that Amy and I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> do you think he listens?
0: Oh, I'm sure he does. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine what else he would do on a Friday night in his study. Right. Isn't that what everybody does?
1: Friday evenings. That's the, the time for everyone.
0: Yeah. He but... probably sits in his his library at, at 2800 Lexington Road, Louisville, Kentucky. And sits there and listens to us. So, Dr. Moeller, thanks for listening. See you soon. <laughs> uh, finally, Amy... Donald Kammerdiener, a longtime missionary and administrator with the IMB, passed away this past week at the age of 82.
1: Yes, he was, they said, especially known, this was in the Baptist Press article, especially known as the steady hand administering day-to-day operations under two presidents. And then he was also the interim president. Uh, between the two, so from 1990 to 2001, so definitely a very familiar uh, face there in Richmond to many uh, during that time and just serving in a lot of ways. There was a a great quote from uh, IMB President Paul Chitwood about his integrity, faithfulness, wisdom, just a great reputation uh, it among the other people uh, who were there at the IMB, very respected man. So uh, it's a great story, a pretty lengthy one that was posted in Baptist Press this week, and really, we'll we'll put it in the show notes, but really worth your while to go and see that uh, great honoring piece.
0: Speaking of the IMB, Amy, one little note: uh, we got a couple little loose ends to tie here. Paul Chitwood is going to be installed as the president of the IMB at their board meeting on February 6th. And that's going to be streamed online. There's a story about that in Badges Press. Just keep watching social media. You'll be able to watch the installation service of Paul Chitwood as president of the IMB. Be sure to tune into that uh, if you're not at Wednesday night church. So because it's a Wednesday night. So and then also there was another story in BP this week, kind of tying up a loose end from the Paige Patterson. Saga from this past summer. Everything had been sorted out between, I think, your institution and the Patterson. So that has been finalized as well. So just a couple of loose ends to tie up this week before we jump to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds.
1: All right. So this time we're going to go to 1990. And I was just looking around for some different things. And I was trying to find like some sort of a big story that would maybe connect with world events, uh, world affairs. But then I saw this headline and I couldn't resist it. So this is from January 24th, 1990. And the headline is phony phone scam strikes again. And this was a warning that they were using Baptist Press as kind of the vehicle to warn people. And so the the first line is Dr. Bill Slater is at it again. This individual Slater, last name, was a thief who sometimes also identifies himself as Bill Jennings or Bill Harmon, and it was someone that was calling churches with a sad, false story designed to squeeze money out of generous staff members, targeting churches in at least three states—Oklahoma, Kansas, South Carolina— and then the Foreign Mission Board had warned people about the scam uh, the October before. So what he does is he would place collect telephone calls to Southern Baptist churches. It says perhaps others, but it looks like that uh, Southern Baptist churches, that was kind of the one everyone's sharing what was going on. He would identify himself as a missionary to Brazil or a pastor from the general area of the church. He would then claim to be at either JFK or LaGuardia Airport in New York City that he had been robbed and that he must catch a flight back to Brazil that night. And then he would ask for $64 or 60 or 62.50 or $72 to be wired to him at the airport. Then the story says that sometimes he adds that he or his associate pastor has been shot or stabbed. Sometimes the robbery is in a restaurant parking lot. One time he claimed a music group he was leading to Brazil had all their instruments stolen. So he just has a a bunch of different versions of the story that he would tailor for the person listening. So there was a, a, a foreign mission board associate area director for Brazil and the, and the Caribbean had been contacted by several churches getting the, the collect calls and so the, this spokesperson said, There is no Southern Baptist missionary by that name, nor am I able to find anyone in Brazil who knows such a person. And so he hit at least three Southern Baptist churches in the Spartanburg area in South Carolina. None of the churches sent him money because the Baptist courier had gotten the word out about the scam. Uh, Clearview Baptist Church in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, a deacon had answered the phone, and he sent $72 out of his own pocket. The church did reimburse him for that. Another Oklahoma church was contacted but refused to send money because they'd seen a warning in the Baptist Messenger. He also called churches in Topeka, Kansas. He tried to call like just before worship, would always say he was in a hurry, send it via Western Union. So, even the FBI got involved. It said telephone and FBI officials advised Oklahoma Baptists that the best defense against such such scams is to be forewarned because they can't trace, you know, traces. Telephone traces had to be set up in advance. So it said apparently he would find out enough about the local area where he was calling to fool victims. I just thought that was kind of a crazy, funny story. If anyone out there gets a call from Bill Slater or Bill Jennings or Bill Harmon, Don't send him any money. Don't send $72. But they were warning everyone about it this week in SBC history.
0: Now, if you want to send Amy and I $72, that can be arranged through Venmo or PayPal, not Western Union.
1: It's a lot of different ways. A lot of different ways to do that. But I thought that was a pretty crazy story.
0: Yes. I would not even know how to even start with Western Union. Honestly, no clue.
1: I went in this day and age, can you can you even make a collect call? Everybody has I, cell phones now. I don't
0: know. I don't know.
1: People get burner phones. you have like what I don't know can you I can barely find pay phones anymore.
0: Yeah, I know, but just at airports usually, or something yeah. like that. but wow. so well, I'm kind of disappointed you didn't do the Venezuela story after everything that's going on down there this week, but well, which is a good reminder that I don't know if we have missionaries in Venezuela. Yes, but we should be praying for missionaries in Venezuela? Because I'm sure somebody's got missionaries in Venezuela, if not us.
1: Well, and I actually, sure. I, I do, saw but. that. I saw that story, and I almost...
0: That's, it's dicey down there.
1: I almost did it, yes. So this one is worth it. It's underneath the story. We'll put the link. And it's it's about, actually, Baptists' work in Venezuela, a Southern Baptist missionary there, and uh, how they would use baseball to connect with people. Uh, and then Mm -hmm. introduce them to the gospel. So there's a great story about that in there as well. But the top story was the one that kind of got my attention.
0: All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. My resource of the week is the Church Grammar Podcast by Brandon Smith. He had Scott Swain at Reformed Theological Seminary on to talk about everything this week, and I saw a couple of tweets about that. So Brandon just launched it. So check out the Church Grammar Podcast. Brandon... Good friend of mine, works with Lifeway with me and everything. So uh, that's something that uh, I, I highly suggest folks check out. And I know that uh, he, he we mentioned that he had Scott Swain on. Uh, you actually went to that inauguration, yes. I think, right? Yes, For him. Uh, we did. represented down, Southeastern, you right. and Keith.
1: Right, down in Orlando. Um, so, it was great.
0: He's the president at RTS, right? Right, at RTS Orlando?
1: RTS Orlando, yes. Yes. That one specific. Okay.
0: Yep. So, and your resource of the week is
1: mine's actually two books that are about to come out February first from B and H. They're both sort of Elizabeth Elliot, Jim Elliott. Uh, so, one is "Suffering Is Never for Nothing," never before published. By Elizabeth Elliot. So, kind of um, after her death, some writings, and uh, Jennifer Lyle's been working on that project um, for a while, which I think is great because of her just connection with. She's worked with a lot of projects and involved Elizabeth Elliot uh, through the years, and and so I, I'm excited. That This is coming, but then also another really big project that involved Valerie Elliott Shepard, the daughter of Jim and Elizabeth Elliott, is a book called Devotedly, and it is the personal letters and love story of Jim and Elizabeth Elliott, and so things that have never been published before. Both of those are going to drop on February 1st. I have already pre-ordered my copies.
0: I'm looking forward to that. I've heard good things about the, uh, the Elizabeth Elliott book, the never-before-published things. So... That'll be a fascinating read, I'm sure. All right, well, Amy, that'll do it for us this week on the podcast. Be sure, again, folks, check out the Resolutions Committee chairperson list that we'll be publishing just to you know, familiarize yourself and to see who has served as the chairman of the Resolutions Committee. We'll probably hear some more uh, committee announcements. It's it's starting to be that time of year. We're starting to get announcements. We come. start seeing things. If you're not booked on your hotel yet, get over to net. Get your hotel booked. Get everything squared away so you can join us in Birmingham. It's going to be important for you to be there as it is every year. Don't just show up on the election, the quote-unquote election years, but be there every year. Be a part of the process. That's what we're here for, to try to engage more people in the process of the Southern Baptist Convention and everything that goes on with that. So February's coming. That means trustee meetings start. We got IMB. We've got Lifeway coming up, I think, the first week of February. Second week of February, I believe, is Nam, and then third week of February is the executive committee meetings here in Nashville. Amy, are you coming to the executive committee this year?
1: Probably not. Uh, Keith will be there. He's got some oh. uh, some responsibilities uh, as acting. The vice
0: chairman will be here. Excellent.
1: Well, yes. And, and as acting provost, you know, he, he'll he'll be there oh, that's with, right. some, that's with some right. things. So uh, I think I'm going to stay back here and sort of hold things down, uh, keep the, the routine going with the kids, and uh, I'll have to hear about it uh, from Keith. And by watching... You tweet live tweeting from the meetings as much as you are able.
0: Yeah, so hoping to meet up and get a picture with Zach McCuller, who you know made the motion about the children's ministry day. I, I've heard through the grapevine, Amy, that they're going to grant the motion and add it to the calendar. So we'll see. But
1: I hope they do. I'm. By, I, I stand behind. Too. I stand behind his motion. I support. As
0: them. a person who's married to a children's minister, so do I.
1: There you go. So.
0: I'm a big fan of that one. So Zach, looking forward to meeting you in Nashville next month. So thanks again for joining us this week again on SBC This Week. We'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.